0: Welcome to the Iconic Womanhood Podcast, where we celebrate and learn from the wisdom of authentic, brilliant, conscious, and creative women from all around the world. This podcast will leave you inspired, empowered, and equipped to become truly iconic. And now, here is your host, Akenna. She is a transformational coach and speaker.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Iconic Womanhood Podcast. And this whole season, I'm going to be bringing to you some really special people. They're really amazing women, iconic women, but they're also women that I have gotten to know personally through the journey of the Iconic Woman Mastermind. And today, let me read her bio so you understand who I'm bringing to you. So I'm bringing to you Professor Shokbe Williams-Elegbe, and she's a professor of law and the head of Department of Mercantile Law in Stellenbosch University, South Africa. Her areas of expertise are public procurement, anti-corruption, commercial and development law. She has written four books and published over 50 academic papers and has consulted for the World Bank, the OECD, the UN, and the EU. She has also trained public officials in several countries in public procurement and anti-corruption law. She believes in showing up for God at work, and that's what we're going to be talking about today, actually. And she is deeply committed to helping people understand how much they are loved by God and how much divine power is available to them. She mentors young women and her students and is striving to be the best version of herself. She has two fabulous daughters and one adopted daughter friend. Without further ado, let's, you know, let the crowd go wild. Professor Shockley! <laughs> welcome welcome welcome.
0: Hi hi thank you so much for having me. This is such an honor. I'm honestly I'm so chuffed. Thank you so much. I love it.
1: I love it. You can see that British there, that Britico there. I'm chuffed. Yes, we're chuffed too. We're chuffed too over here. We're (laughs) loving having you on. I have loved getting to know you more through the journey of the Mastermind because you were someone in the 2019, one of the 2019 cohorts. And it's just amazing to see how accomplished you are. As a woman, as a professional woman, but then to also get to know you personally and and just your love for God and your depth and your wisdom. I, I have adored the process with you. So thank you for coming on. It is my treat to share you with my community.
0: Thank you. Thank you.
1: Yes. So today we're going to be talking about showing up for god at work i actually even you know we're going to say showing up for god but really showing up fully as your true self because that is showing up for god right during this season especially you know and it was interesting when we talked about it i immediately thought about how here in the u.s we often talk about code switching for African-Americans, you know, and we do it a lot. Nigerians, we do it. We have our, our language that we speak at home, you know, our Patois, the Jamaicans do it. Everyone has that kind of thing that we do culturally, but we also do it. When you said it, it really clicked that we also do it spiritually. We also do it emotionally, you know, we, even for our womanhood. We play one thing down at work and we play one thing up at home. And your premise is that we really need to bring all of ourselves together versus having these two personas of the work persona and the home persona. Could you tell us more about that as you tell us a little bit about your own journey?
0: Okay, okay, great. Um, Yeah, so as you said in my bio, so I'm a law professor. but I've been an academic. So I started my academic career 20 years ago, exactly now. So year 2000 is when I started my, my, my first job as an academic. And I started in a university in, in Scotland, um, a small university in Scotland. And then that was my first proper job, if you like, you know, the job you get, I I got straight after grad school. Yeah. I, I, and, and then, I mean, I was was in the UK, obviously um, I was the only black member of staff in my department. I think I was I was actually the first Black person they had hired ever. Wow. Um, I felt I had, I mean, not that anyone said anything to me at all, but I, I felt I had to just be an image that, of someone else that I, I don't even know where I picked it up from. Mm-hmm. And I carried that, so I was never fully myself. No one ever fully got to know me because mm-hmm. I felt I had to be someone else who was, in my mind, acceptable in a white space. Mm. And most of my jobs, apart from when I, I worked in in when I moved to Nigeria, uh, most of my jobs have been in in white, you predominantly white um, dominated environments, Caucasian environments. And as I said, I, so I always carried that thing with me that I had to be this person that I, as I said, I don't even know where I got that idea from, but I probably probably from the media it's probably yeah. from you know the the messages we get that. As people of color, especially, we're not good enough, um, right. that we're not mainstream, we're not, you know, our the the, the way we are is not fully accepted or acceptable. Yeah, um absolutely and it was it was really so I so I've always carried that with me. And it, it limits you in so many ways because if you are not a if you're not manifesting as yourself, then there are parts of you, your full creativity is never going to be on offer, your full brilliance is never going to be on offer, your full wisdom. Is never going to be on offer. You cannot hide parts of yourself and think that your the best version of yourself is still going to be projected. You know, at work, it's just not possible. Huh. Um, <laughs> so, sorry, by one second, right yeah. there, we have to just give
1: that an underline. It is so powerful what you just said. If you hide parts of yourself, your full creativity, your full genius, uh, everything you bring to the table, you'll never be iconic. That's a tweetable. You really nailed it, right? If you, if you hide parts of yourself. So I had to just underline that there. I, you know, I have to mute myself because mm-hmm. as you're talking, I'm like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, girl, yeah. <laughs> so let me mute myself back, but I just had to pop it and say, yes, girl, that is 100%. If you take nothing from this conversation, please hear what the professor, the science she's dropping today. So please continue. <laughs> carry
0: on, professor, carry on. Thanks, Ekene. Okay, so yes, as I was saying, so if you're not fully yourself, then even the parts of you that you want to be on display, the parts of you that you want to show, the best of those parts will never be, will never show up, they'll never manifest, they'll never be on display the way you want them to be because, you know, it's like you're you're pulling, um, you know, these, um, we see these magic tricks where they pull a scarf out of a hat or something and it keeps on coming Mm-hmm. Um, so you are trying to pull a scarf out of a box when the, the lid is closed. Maybe mm. some of the scarf will come out, half of it, but the full scarf cannot come out, it's just not possible. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm <laughs> <laughs> making me laugh again. I'm telling you, this is bus bows, bus bows. You're doing it. Let's, just, I love it, I love the visuals. It was probably, so I even, so as I said, I worked in, in, in this university in Scotland. I moved to another university um, a few years after that in England. Again, I was like the second black person they'd ever hired. And I felt, and also I, I carried, so apart from the fact that I, I I felt I couldn't be me, not because of anything anyone said, I have to clarify that, but I just felt, you know, from wherever I picked up these messages, I couldn't be my full self. The other mm-hmm. thing is, as well is that I, I also found out that I was carrying the burden of being the only black person you know, uh, in these white spaces and feeling like if I'm not, if I don't fit the mold, then mm-hmm. somehow in my head I felt then I was ruin it for the rest of, of the black uh, community. Uh, you know, uh, so you I so I carried all these internally and I, I just know that I was never really present. I was always trying to, and not even it's not just code switching, but even just minimize myself so that I huh? could fit in, huh. right? Um and, and I did that for a long time. And even after I left England and I moved to Nigeria, it's so strange. Of course, Nigeria is a predominantly um a black country, but there was a different kind of minimization that then I, I, I then took on. So I now realize that it's not so much the environment where I am, but it's something that I carried with me, right? Because even going to a country where it's all Blacks and it's not now being about, you're the only Black person in a, in a white space. That's not the issue. Then I just felt, okay, now in this place, I have to act in certain ways so people don't have certain impressions about me. So this time it was, okay, I've been working in England all this time and I've gained quite a bit of international experience. And so as not to make other people feel you know, one kind,
1: <laughs> as uh-huh, we would say,
0: uh-huh. I had to to minimize, you know, the stuff that mm. I, I knew I could bring to the table. So nobody would be like, oh, what do you think you are? You think because you've done this or you've done that, you're better than us. So it was it was like, um, let me see about, I suppose this is 2020, about six years ago that I started actually going on a journey of, you know what, there's some some ways that I show up that I'm not happy with. And I don't know where, that is coming from. And I, I felt like I wasn't integrated. So at work, I'm one person. At home, I'm, I'm one person. At church, I'm another person. And none of those versions are the, the real me, even the, the home version. Um, mm. I don't know if this might resonate with, with people who come from, from Africa or Nigeria. Like I, when I got married, I had ideas of the kind of wife I was supposed to be, what a good wife means. And a lot of those ideas, I didn't, again, not like anyone said them to me. I mean, some, okay, some of them, you get them from, you know, the aunties and some of these um, patriarchal and parochial <laughs> things uh-huh. that they put on us as women. But just in some way, I formed this impression that I have to act in a certain way. And that way, I'm not saying it was bad, but it wasn't congruent with who I was. So uh-huh. even at home, I wasn't myself. At work, I didn't feel I could be myself. At church, I'm a different persona. You know, and so it was like on six years six years ago that I embarked on this journey. Like, actually, I I don't like any of these versions of myself that I'm presenting. None of them are me. Um, They're elements of me. No, it's not like I'm I'm I I wanted like I'm totally fake in all these spaces. They're parts of me everywhere. But I'm not an integrated person everywhere I go. I'm not coming with the fullness of whoever I am. So I I kind of 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 kind of embarked, I guess, on a journey of self-discovery. Like, okay who who am i who do i even want to be like what what do i aspire to to be like um you know what who do i aspire to be what parts what are the parts of me that i have that i i want to work on that i feel need improvement what are the parts that i've picked from different things and actually i'm not they're not adding any value to me the ideas i have about myself or how i should show up um and so yeah, so so I started on this on this journey, and part of that journey is is what led me to you, and I'll talk about that about that in a minute. But I, I just realized that living this way, in a way that wasn't authentic, was for me was unsustainable and was ah. damaging. Um, and I think like I, I think it really, I think it really affected my health. Um, uh, after, especially after I got married, when I I took on a new persona, if mm. you like. So I was now juggling, you know, not just I'm not juggling like three versions of myself, <laughs> you, know, like, and, you know. So I think it, I think it, it it affected my health. I I think you talk sometimes about body yeah. signals, you know. Yeah. The fact, and for me, I think I I think my health, my body really um, revolted against the fact yeah. that I wasn't being who I was supposed to be, who I feel God had called me to be. Um and I think it it also comes, and I think I mentioned this earlier from the from the it comes from the um uh, from the point of view where we feel like we're not good enough um yes. that those parts of ourselves are not cannot be accepted or not accepted or, or we ourselves don't accept ourselves so, so we don't even accept yes. who we are you know, either because of messages from the media, from family, from whatever, but we internalize mm-hmm. that and we take it that, okay, these certain things that I do, maybe my accent, the way I laugh, the jokes I make, the way I worship, the type of religion I'm into are not, you know, maybe they're not, uh, in my mind, they're not uh, mainstream or they're not cool or they're not whatever. And so they yeah. make me hide certain parts of me that are, you know, that are really the core in a way of who I am. That's right. Um, So I, you know, so as I said, I, so I had to start this journey to actually say, you know what, um, I can't, you know, do this anymore. My body was breaking down in, in literally breaking down in so many ways. Um, And I started, so I started by trying to find, okay, so who really am I? And for me, because um, I'm a Christian, I went to the, to the manual, which is the Bible, who does God say I am? Do you understand? And and I I I came away after like about two years of of really doing different types of inter, of of um consistent Bible studies on different subjects, and I came away with you know the idea that actually all the stuff that I I I have that I've done, my career achievements, none of those, and this is might be very strange to say, none of those. They're good, they're important, but in a way they don't mean anything to me anymore because yeah. I realize that my my value and my worth is not tied to that. So I it's you know, people are impressed when I'm a professor and all these, and those things are good, but in a way, they're not for me, the they're not the core of who I am. There's right. stuff that I are things that I've done and they're good things that I've done. But the core of who I am, the value that I have is intrinsic. If I even if I had never done anything, that's right. That's Worthy of mentioning, I am still worthy. I'm still valuable. I'm still fantastic. I'm wonderful. Come on now. So those accolades are good, but for me, they are not. They are not it. They are like they are like sprinkles on a cake that's already iced. (laughs) Oh, you better preach. Yes,
1: (laughs) you know, hundred
0: percent. Not even just the cake. The cake is iced. It is just minus sprinkles. Because if you don't have sprinkles, I don't think anybody can return a cake for not having sprinkles unless you're five years old. That's right. That's right. It's not that big a deal. Yeah. But once your cake? I see if they forgot the sprinkles. Nothing is missing. Really, nothing is missing. So I've I've really been able to accept myself as as, as I am. And there are parts of me that I, I, I didn't want to accept. So, for instance, I was born with sickle cell disorder. And for a long time, I hid it from anyone that wasn't, you know, family or a very close friend. I would even, if, so even if I was dying in pain, I would pretend mm. that I'm fine because wow. I had also, I had also tied my sense of worth to being healthy. Huh. So, you know, and I had, I had been judging myself for having this disorder, a disorder that I didn't do anything uh-huh. to, yes. you know, I didn't it do anything is. to get. Do you understand? Mm. So I had mm. to unpack all this stuff. And, and you know, I also have to say that. My, I mean, my, my parents were amazing parents in, in raising my brother and I with this. And they never made us feel, do you understand? Never made us feel less than or anything for having that. But I picked it from different places. I remember being in primary school. And I don't know if it was, it was um, somebody at church. And maybe my mom had told the person that I had been ill because I had a sickle cell crisis. And the next time the person saw me, the person told me that, do I know that I will die before I'm 21? And I was 10 years old. Like, Goodness <laughs> <is> gracious. Yes. <laughs> all there. False prophet, demonic prophets.
1: <laughs> That's terrible. Who, who does that? But, you know, people just use their
0: mouths they don't and just say mouth. anything. They don't say anything. Oh my so, gosh. 10 years old. Of course, I took that message. I, I didn't know that the person was, was chatting <laughs> dust, as we say no, I think that's oh, nonsense. Yes. It's just speaking nonsense and so for many years every birthday I would be counting okay now I'm 12 oh, I God. have many birthdays till I get to 21 do you oh, understand my. until I got to the point where I realized no that's not you know this message is not as you say it's a demonic it's message a lie. Yes. it's not this, it's a lie. God has never that's not God's plan for me do you understand yes. um so yeah so so i had to to unpack all the things that i I had tied my value and my worthiness to so my health was one um you know feeling like you know being a black person you know in a white space or being a black person who had achieved and didn't want to make others envious or whatever was another thing but i'm 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 in a process i'm not, I'm not gonna say that I've arrived anywhere I think that um understanding your own worthiness. Um, and living authentically is a is a lifetime decision um yes. but i say that i've started that journey and i've left a lot of the major you know crap that was holding me behind i've left it and i've now um you know i'm now i feel like more, more than i was five years ago Say, i'm now um <clears throat> i'm i'm more disposed or I, I'm more disposed to be myself wherever I am. Yeah. I don't hide. So things that I used to hide, I don't hide my faith. Um, mm. Whether I'm at work or anywhere, if I'm in a conversation and I feel somebody needs to hear something about Jesus, I'm going to say something about Jesus. If I meet Come people on. and they're going through a tough time, I don't care where I am. I don't, I, now I don't, and I don't believe now. And I'll have to be careful how I say that. I don't believe in this idea of professional settings, mm. And I'll mm. say, I'll, let me explain this. So, of course, I'm not saying you should go to work in your underwear. <laughs> no, don't be crazy. Uh-huh. But I'm saying that at work, the same joy, compassion, um, expressions of yourself that you will have at home with your friends, you should have those same expressions at work. Mm-hmm. So work is not a place where you should be stoic and staid, and your face should be in a particular set because you're being professional. I don't believe that's what professionalism is at all. For me, actually, being professional is being kind. Being professional yeah. is being competent. Being professional is being joyous. If we have to go to these places where we sit for eight hours a day and we don't bring joy there, especially as a child of God, then yeah. ah, I think that's a problem. <laughs> it's bondage. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> you know, it's
1: interesting if I can... um. Jump in for a minute because, you know, everything you've been saying, of course, you know, is deeply resonant for me. And there are a couple of things that you mentioned that I wanted to uh, point out, just starting from the last thing you were talking about. Right. And people might be asking this question, how can I bring my full self to work? Right. And you made a very good point of pointing out that it isn't about, you know, just anyhowness, Right. So don't show up in your underwear or your ripped jeans. You still want to show up and lead with mastery. Yes. But you want to get really clear, and this is what I hear Shakwe saying and what I happen to have seen through knowing her is that she has really distilled the essence of Shakwe. So she knows this is; these are the elements of the essence of her. And that's like her faith. Like, you know, just everything else she's talking about, bringing that to work. Those things are the things that with your mastery, you lead with your mastery, those things that essence, you bring that to the table as well. One, it gives you, like she says, a much more enjoyable way of being so you don't feel as stressed because you are being your full self. But the second thing it does is actually makes you much more powerful, memorable. It sets you apart. So it's like that, the sprinkles. So you may not miss the sprinkles truly, but the sprinkles could be the thing that make it like, I need that particular cake. So that those little things, not the sprinkles as far as your titles, but the sprinkles as far as your assets, that's the piece de resistance that you need to be bringing to the table. And the other, there's something you have said multiple times that, you know, you don't know where you got the messaging and then you talked about kind of where the messaging came from and you know one of the things we talked about in the in the very first beginning of the mastermind which is where we start out the first couple of modules kind of unpacking this stuff right and yeah. we i talk about conscious unconscious programming So it's interesting, like you're literally talking like it's a case study. You'd never heard it except that one demon that crossed your path, (laughs) right? That was, (laughs) forgive me, Lord. But, you know, I mean, how do you tell a child that, right? Except for that one unfortunate soul that doesn't have the wisdom, you were getting messages and we get these messages without realizing it. Over time, we're taking it in through a variety of sources and they form they come into our ego and they form that those hidden core beliefs that then direct our behavior so despite what you know consciously right that i have value but then you start to manifest differently and i love the way you uh put it because when you have this awareness which is really key of you were in uh the uk or scotland right and um you were in these very white spaces and feeling like, oh my gosh, I, you know, because I'm a black person. But then when you went to a very black space, you realized you were still kind of holding back. And so you had that awareness that it isn't about the environment, which is what you said. It's something yeah. I carried with me. Yeah. I wrote that down. I, th- I thought that is such an astute observation because it begins the awakening of your true self, which is why I got to meet you finally. Well, I've, always, I've known you, but I got to meet the full you, which is awesome, totally awesome. So I had to just kind of jump into those things. And then the other thing that you said that I love, and if I may highlight it, you mm-hmm. said it is unsustainable to continue yeah. living like that. And it's damaging. And when you talked about the illnesses, you know, I so many I had my manifestation. So it wasn't necessarily illness, but it certainly has been weight. And it certainly has been, you know, the way I was sort of presenting. So others, like you said, have had physical, like sickness in their body, sickness in the mental. It like so it can manifest in anxiety and depression and in some of these different things, not to say that everyone who's depressed or anyone who's everyone who' is, uh, has a sickness it's you know we 're not saying that it 's not a blame thing it 's an awareness that can give you back your power so I just you know those things really hit me hit hard for me, and I know they hit hard for other people, so I wanted to underline it as well and talk about and have people begin to ask themselves those questions. Right, those powerful questions. How how has it been costing me? What? Where did it come from? You know, how can I get to my full essence?
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: So you know, I, I know I stopped you, <laughs> but uh, you know, we're having a conversation. But I want to ask you, what were some of the? You know, you said you started your journey, right? And I know one of the things was you you joined the mastermind, but that was part of already a a journey that you had started yeah. and a journey that you're still on, even though your cohort is over. Right. Yeah. And yeah. you talked about how you kind of became more integrated. Right. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to share some of the big ahas during this journey? And also if you can share some of the big wins as a result of this.
0: Okay. Um, right. Okay. So let me, Okay, so I said so. I, I I started the journey. I started doing a few different Bible studies to try and figure out who I really was in in, mm-hmm. in God. Um, and then after that, so after that, I noticed that I had a lot more. Um, I don't know. I, I had maybe <laughs> the only way I can say is that I had I had a lot more of the miraculous, right? Mm. I feel like I I I started like even sometimes I would just um, think about something and it would come to pass. And yes. yeah, I, so I started, I feel like, I don't know the words, whether I could say that because I was, I was getting out of my, my pretense <laughs> cocoon mm-hmm. or my pre- yes. pretending state. I was, because I was moving to more authenticity, I was dealing with God more authentically as well. I was asking God um, for the things that I wanted, not the things that I thought he wanted me to want, or the just yes, Ooh, come on no, okay, and I started getting those things that I wanted, so that was the first thing um and it, in a series of really uh, only miraculous um, events, I moved um from night, so i'd been in Nigeria, moved from Nigeria to South Africa in in a in a way that I can only describe as being miraculous and and that was mm-hmm. that, but of course, when I came to South Africa. Now, no matter where you are, no matter what's going on in your life, it's never, we we always face obstacles. There are always going to be battles. Um, Mm -hmm. But the thing is that in those battles that we win, I think that's the important thing, not that we face battles, but that we win. (laughs) Um, So I started working in South Africa and, you know, was very busy for a season. And then I started, um, you know, I got... I, got, I, I, was, I, was, I was very well treated. I am very, being very well treated here. I feel really accepted. Again, I'm in a very, very white university. And if you know anything about the history of South Africa, um, Stellenbosch University sort of has a, a reputation because it's a very Afrikaans university and you know, one of the places where the apartheid policy was developed in a, in a, in a way. Um, but anyway, but a few years ago, I started feeling a bit stuck. I, it was like I had gotten to a certain place and I couldn't mm-hmm. see what was next, so I had co- I had kind of dealt with the um, this I'd kind of dealt with some of those um, blockages and those obstacles and those mindsets that I had, mm-hmm. and but I was feeling like there was something more, but I didn't know what that more was. And then I listened to something you did on um, uh, it might have been on Instagram about a poverty mindset. Does that uh, bring it,
1: girl? That- uh, well. There are many, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you have been talking yeah. for quite some you
0: time. Read so something <laughs> and I listened to it. I don't know if it was Instagram. I think it was Instagram anyway. And I listened to yeah. it yeah. and it was like, this is, you know, this is, I've had, so I'd had um, some mental blocks relating to money, you know, relating to uh, the availability or uh-huh. accessibility of money to me. And the thing you, you, a lot of the things you said, they really hit home. And that's mm-hmm. when I was like, I started like, I, of course, I knew you from, you know, from way back and I knew that you were doing this program, um, but I hadn't really investigated it. And then that's when I, I reached out to you and I was thinking, if I know I'm stuck, but I don't know what I'm, I don't know what it is that I'm, I need, you know, mm-hmm. so I thought, okay, let me reach out to you. And it also helped me to, um to get, to overcome that block of investing in yourself, <laughs> Mm -hmm. i've always been very frugal right from i was you know knee high um Mm -hmm. and it was like you know is it worth it for me to spend money but i was like actually i spend money on so many other things i invest in so many other things and i've actually Mm -hmm. never invested in myself beyond my education so Mm -hmm. how can that be a way of being (laughs) do you understand Uh, Mm -hmm. yeah it it cannot be It, It cannot be that i invest in 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 the stock market or in property or in my children or in my marriage relationships. I don't invest in myself. Mm. It's a bit silly. it's it's I, and counterintuitive to me. It, it
1: is so, counterintuitive, right? Because wherever you go, there
0: you are in all of those exactly, spaces. Exactly. So I can't yeah. grow different things and not grow myself and expect that um, you know things will work out the way that I want. So anyway, so I contacted you and I started this the mastermind journey. And what was great about that is is that it kind of um, in, in, in colloquial, I'll say it sealed the deal for me because it made me realize that even though I had started on blocking, you know, I'd started dealing with all these blocks that I had, mm-hmm. I hadn't put the puzzle together. And mm-hmm. in that sense, I hadn't put the puzzle together to say, okay, um, I kind of know who I am as a child of God. I know who I, I am and who I want to be as a mother, um, mm-hmm. who I want to be as a wife. But mm-hmm. I didn't know, I hadn't figured out who I wanted to be as a, as a professional, as an academic. So I've mm-hmm. been working and I do good work and I have the accolades to show for that. But i would never put, so those aspects all together now to say, okay, so this is, this is who I am mm-hmm. and this is who I'm going to show up as. And this is what I want out of my work journey, out of my mm-hmm. career. Mm. Right, so it was that. It was like this is what I this is what I want out of my career, and mm-hmm. it, it was it was very strange because I, I think as you know we talked about this. I think in in the review when I was coming on, I was thinking okay, I want to start you know, um, yeah. a I want to start a consulting business, and I've always had that in my mind, you know, and it, and I realized going through this journey that that was the idea I I had about myself but it wasn't really what i wanted so i've Mm -hmm. had you know i think we all have um images or ideas about ourselves that this is who i am so i'll give you a very funny example when i was when i went before i studied law i studied law because i watched some american show where this woman was a lawyer and so this was in the in the late 80s and she lived in a penthouse in new york and she wore a black skirt suit a mini skirt suit and i thought Uh that is who i am (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so for me it wasn't even about practicing law it was about i want to be that woman in that black skirt suit <laughs> so you know so i sort carrying different images of who i thought i was or who i wanted to be which were not based on anything do you understand like you know they're not based yes. on the reality of who i am or on the reality of what my life really is like or even what i enjoy
1: you know? Yes, authentically, yes. It's more exactly. what you have yeah. been programmed to exactly. think. Exactly. What
0: i picked from media or whatever from voices, from from external um, influences. So I so I had to sit down and say okay, what do I really want from my career? And and going on the mastermind really helped me to um really helped me to put all that together um to know who I am as a human being, whether I'm at work, whether I'm at home, whether I'm in church, whether I'm wherever, so that I am always one person. So the person you will see in church is the person you're going to meet when you come to my house Is the person you meet if you come to my office. Um, And I think that has been for me um, the greatest value that I, I finally feel like I know who I am, who I want to be and what I really, really want out of life, not just what I imagined um, or, what I felt I should want, but not what I really wanted for myself--- mm.
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and yeah. so now you have more not only an understanding but such a depth of confidence right you're so rooted in it, yeah, and what's interesting to me uh as I hear you and i'm as i'm- as i am as i am going to be watching just like all of us right I'm curious because. It's interesting, what I have seen is that once you tap into the authentic desire and the courage to say, you know, all these other things, maybe those things weren't the thing. This is a thing. It's interesting how through that path of your truth, then other opportunities that are deeply connected to your purpose, deeply connected to you, you may circle back, but in a different way to some of those things right so uh you know I think sometimes people become afraid and even the people around them become afraid that wait what what does this mean like you're no longer interested in this what's going to happen you know I can just hear my my um Nigerian mother if this program is stopping you from being ambitious please you know but that's Mm -hmm. not what you're saying (laughs) right Mm -hmm. you are becoming your truest most powerful self actually
0: yeah, and, and you, know, you know, there's a scripture that talks about a double-minded man not getting it's
1: anything.
0: Unstable. Yes, he's unstable in all he does. Yeah, and when you pray and you have different desires. So I don't have, so there's no conflict of my desires anymore. And it means that the desires mm-hmm. that I achieve.
1: Oh, say that. I'm sorry. I got, I got a little too excited and yeah. I think I covered it. So you said, please
0: repeat <laughs> it. Let me just keep quiet. Let me mute myself. <laughs> so there's no conflict in my desires anymore and it means that the desires that i i actually pursue i achieve hmm. powerful that uh, right there
1: I, is a drop the mic
0: yeah and it, it has also meant that in the last year since i started on the mastermind especially i've had financial abundance like i've never had before and this is, yes because for the first time I am not afraid to want what I actually want because I want it authentically. I'm not wanting things because I think this is what people would like me to want or this is a good thing to want, but it is, they're coming from my heart. And you know, you know our, um, I mean, there, there's so many um, uh, parts of the Bible where, where Jesus says, your faith has done it for you. Yes. My thing is directed at one thing. And because the word of God does not lie, it comes to pass. (laughs) So I'm I'm not desiring A and B when A and B are in conflict and intention with each other. It means which one is God going to answer, right? Mm. Hmm. But I'm focused on A and I realize I don't want B because I'm now authentic. B is not for me. B might be good. It might be great for other people, but B I don't want, it's not for me. And I go after A and I'm achieving and I'm hitting all my, I'm hitting all my shots.
1: Yes. And yeah. you know the scripture? The scripture that's pop- coming up for me is the scripture that says Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all other things will be added unto you. Yeah. And you know, Often there's so many things that we have learned, but we didn't, they have never been fully, you know, illuminated for us, right? Yeah. They've never been fully, we just say it when we think it's one thing. So often people think it's just servitude and I'm just going to, you know, I'll serve in every um, department of church and I'm just going to keep, you know, I'll evangelize. All those things are good and not bad. But when I think about the kingdom of God for myself, yeah. I feel that it is in the complete authentic expression of how he created me to be. Yeah. That is how yeah. I'm seeking his kingdom. And this thing you just said is so powerful because you become truth completely yeah. Yeah. and it sets you free. And I love what you said as far as the winds that you began to activate the miraculous. Mm. You know, so it's and, and, and in many ways I see this, even with unbelievers – That these, because for me, when I read the word and the reason why, you know, I'm a believer, period, but but when I read the Bible, it's not trying to be righteous. It's because, let me tell you, this thing right here is giving you all the wisdom you need, right? And because Mm -hmm. I work in an industry with a lot of people who believe a lot of different types of things, not, they don't necessarily subscribe to my faith, but they pull from the spiritual principles in the Bible. And so a double-minded man is unstable in all he does, is a spiritual principle. As a man thinketh, so is he, is a spiritual principle. Seek yeah. ye first the kingdom, and all other things will be added. The more you become what God has created you to be, that is part of seeking the kingdom.
0: Yeah, that is. is
1: part of it. Yes, and, and as you have said, everything you've experienced, financial abundance like Never before, simply by becoming true to who he created you to be, yeah. this is so powerful. like let me just tell you guys, I'm listening to you. I had no idea that it would be at this I, you know that you are a preacher. I did not know what was going on. <laughs> I invited a professor of law, and here we are having church, okay <laughs> and deep church too. The kind of church that empowers you. You know, I say, if your faith does not empower you, if your faith does not elevate you, if your faith does not transform you, you Mm. need to go back and check. Because if it's only a legalistic type of experience, you haven't even touched it yet. No, no, no. Hey, (laughs) uh, I didn't even know. In fact, I'm just sitting back like, ah. Chakwe, thank you so much. You have, you have dropped so much science on here. Do you have, you know, as we begin to wrap up,
0: yeah.
1: any big ahas or big, like, it doesn't have to be big. I don't mean big in terms of, oh, you know, but for you, like something that was a big shift that you now know, because I, I have had those big shifts, right? I'll, can I just share with you? So today I shared yeah. a picture on my Instagram. And it's a picture where I'm wearing something sleeveless. And I have, um, uh, what do they Christian mother arms? I'm just going to go ahead and tell y'all that I have Christian mother arms. My arms are not something that I feel like, Oh my God, I love my, you know, they're, uh, you know, I could have a, if I could, if I could have lipo on them, I might, but, um, they're not something that I love. Uh, and, and, feel oh I'm just going to put this out there but the photo the whole story I love and for me when I put it out this morning I didn't have angst about it and I realized that yeah I have completed the shift I have completed the shift and so for when as I share that do you feel like are there some shifts like that for you yeah
0: okay so one of them was so as I said I, I had my I had a lot of of health issues. One of them was five-ish years ago, I got alopecia. And mm. I got alopecia universally. So every part of my body was wow. <laughs> became bald. And that was like, it was such a setback for me, like you wouldn't believe. Mm. Um, because, you know, I mean, if you're a Black woman, I don't have to tell you that hair is something. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> right. Um, but it was totally... In incongruous with the image of myself that I had and it broke all my ideas about what beauty was
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and so for years I hid it like I wore a wig every single day if you invite me to a pool party I will say no because I'll be like pool my <laughs> wig <no." laughs> it's not the word. Oh, and, but it was I carried so much shame I and I never knew that hair I mean it, it was even for me I didn't know what I didn't know what it could mean, right? I, it, it brought so much shame into my life. It, you know, I had been, I told you that I had attached my worthiness to being healthy. And the fact that I had a disorder, to me, felt that I wasn't worthy, right? So this was oh. just like another another nail in that, yeah. <laughs> in the coffin of my worthiness saying, you know what, not only do you have a secret disorder that people can't see, there's even one now that the whole world will now, do you understand? And I judged yeah. myself it. I judged myself for it. And it was, as I started going through, um, the mastermind and, you know, funny enough, I, I say these to people and maybe they laugh. I felt for like the past, definitely for the past two or three years, I'd say, I felt God telling me I need to stop wearing a wig. And mm. I, you know, I had been feeling that, you know, and I'll, I'll tell myself, so when I hear, I'll, I'll say, you know what? January 1 is a good time. I'll start January 1st, January 1st, 2019 and I was preparing to go out without my wig, I, I had a panic attack. <laughs> like, it's crazy. Oh, wow, I, I believe it. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't breathe. And I was like, God, I can't do this. It's not possible. I am so invested in this image of hmm. myself that I, I, I cannot physically do this. I'm, I cannot breathe. Um, as I started going to the mastermind, I started, you know, as I said, I started become, um, realizing that my, my self-worth is not tied to anything. My self-worth is, is inside me. Whether I look a certain way, I have accolades, I don't have, I have money, I don't have none of those. And I started understanding that. And so this year, again, like I felt God saying to me, let's get rid of this thing. And I didn't know that it was because I had carried such a burden of shame with it. And I wasn't free. I wasn't myself. And I I also felt, I didn't feel, I didn't feel authentic at all, you know, because mm. You know, and it was always, if I'm going out, I'm thinking about where I'm going. And I live in Cape Town, it's so windy. At any time, the wind can Lord. <laughs> it was, it was, It became such a whole production in itself, you know, yeah. which I hated. I absolutely hated it, but I couldn't, I couldn't get rid of it. I just, you know. Anyway, so this year, um, and I, I felt gone. So this year, I said, no, oh God, I, I must do it this year, and I will. So first mm. of, the, of the month of the first day of the year i thought no i I couldn't do it i just could i thought look let's give it a few days Mm -hmm. and then and i went to and i went to church middle of january and there was a message and it's so strange how sometimes in church there's the preacher is saying one thing and you're hearing something completely different and this is why Uh when the bible says the word of god is alive yes it it lives so it the way it it looks to you the way you hear it is different from what somebody else is hearing because it's alive to both of you, do you understand? Yes, yes, yes. Um, and I, I kept, I actually kept, I kept hearing this. Come over to this side. Come over to this side. And I was like, mm-hmm. so when I got home, I was like, yes, I'm done. I, this, I've had to. And it may not mean anything to people he- hearing, but you know, there had been so many things stewing on my heart and about about mm-hmm. this thing. And when I got home, I somebody sent me the video of Ayana Press Priestley. Yes, Diana Presley, Presley. yes. Presley, okay. And I saw her video and, oh, my God, I was in, I I was, you know, it really broke me because I thought everything she was saying I had felt. And I said to myself, and this is why sometimes walking in your own truth frees others. Because I thought if this woman could do it with the platform, she has. Yeah. (laughs) Really, who am I? And that was the last day I ever carried a wig. And it has brought such freedom I didn't know, like wow. I, I the freedom I've experienced from just being myself. I'm not necessarily yeah. going to say that I. Of course, if I had the choice to have my hair back, absolutely, I would take it. But I feel beautiful. I realized that my stunning, I, I wasn't tied to my hair, like I thought. Do you understand? I've gotten rid yeah. of all those funky wigs, like, yeah. and I've had more. I've had more. I. I don't know. I don't know the word to use. It's like the world is opening up to me. Yes, I
1: see it. You know, I saw a photo of you. You were speaking on stage and it was in a very professional. And But your style was a little edgy. I was like, Wait a minute. Because you are wearing some shoes, right? So you had your hair, uh, your your beautiful bald head, right? Your glasses, and you had some funky shoes. And I was like, ah, 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 okay, okay. And, you know, that's what happens. You harness, you reclaim parts of yourself,
0: yeah. right?
1: That's yeah. a beautiful story. Uh, thank you for sharing that because I know that people listening are going to be set free. There's so many of us. That whether or not it's hair or weight or, you know, nails, whatever it is, we are really stuck and, you know, we need to be set free. And in this season in particular, I was saying to someone yesterday that this season that we're in, a lot of us homebound, a lot of businesses are closed and it looks as if it will persist for maybe longer than two weeks for many Mm -hmm. countries Huh. Yeah. We are going to fall in love with ourselves again by force because the <laughs> lashes that you put, you will not be able to do that and put them again. right? The nails, like, even like I, I like to get my nails, that I was looking at them and I was like, Ha! Wahala! <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, going, state of nature. <laughs> yes, we are going to go back to our natural state. But yeah. that's the thing, though, we'll also have a reset. Yeah. Yeah. Where we begin to to see ourselves in a way we haven't seen in a very long time. And we start really understanding how awesome and beautiful we truly are. So thank you so much for sharing that. So this has been an awesome time. Awesome time. We could, talk for hours and I'm sure let me can I just I want to I'm not really prophesying because you probably already know this but this is what has come up for me very clearly as you have been speaking that you are opening up a new area for yourself if you haven't already started but I can see that you're going to be speaking I can see you speaking at women's conferences I can see you speaking in panels I can see you not speaking about anti-corruption and law but actually speaking about this authenticity speaking about you know being all that God has has called you to be, I see a whole new area opening up for you if it hasn't already started. And if you're listening to this and you're saying it's resonant for you, you need to call your organization, call your church, tell them there is somebody that we need to bring because she's going to set the room on fire. Because I can tell it, I can hear it. I myself have been transformed. I myself have been inspired. So thank you so much for the work you do by being yourself, for being a luminary, for being iconic. You know, thank you. And with that, I'm yeah. going to give you a question. All yes. right, and and I'm sure you're going to pass. You're going to answer this question just like <laughs> that. And if you don't, it's okay. <laughs> but yes, yeah. what makes you iconic? What makes you iconic? Okay. Uh,
0: so, okay. So I'm a lecturer, right? So let me tell. you. So an icon is something hmm. that represents oh, yeah. something. The definition of an icon. So we we would say that the the Eif- Eiffel Tower is an icon of Paris. So when you see pictures yes. of the Eiffel. The Eiffel Tower, you immediately think of Paris, right? You don't yes. think about, about architecture. You don't think about structures. You think about Paris. Okay, so for me, as an icon, what do I represent? And I think I would say that I represent God. I represent the divine. I represent joy. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that is what makes me iconic. The fact that I feel if you, I believe if you stay with me long enough, you will have a little taste of what Mm. Jesus is. like, I will tell you how much you're loved. I will tell you that you're important, that you're valuable. I will tell Mm. you that God loves you. Um, And I will leave you with some joy. You know, I will leave you with Mm. some joy. Um, And I'll give an example of this. So two years ago, I had my inaugural lecture, which is a lecture you have to have when you become a professor, a big public lecture. And I had this lecture. And we have, you know, we have them every now and then when, when people are promoted to professor. And at the Mm. end of of the evening, one of my colleagues came up to me, and this is one of the biggest compliments I've ever received. And he said to me, "Um, this has been the most joyous inaugural lecture I've ever attended, that we've ever had in this building. Because it's a a formal thing, it's a solemn occasion. But I feel like by the grace of God, Mm. do you understand? God was able to come even in that and lift people up.
1: And yes. I think for
0: me, that, that is what I would like people to say about me, that I, I brought joy into the room.
1: Amen. I think I- oh, I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. That was so beautiful. I, uh, I love that. You bring joy into the room, and I can testify to that. You have brought so much joy. So now, final question. Name one iconic woman that, that you admire and why.
0: Okay, so the woman that I admire is, is actually one of my colleagues. Mm-hmm. Um, her, her name is, is Tulima Donsela, and she used mm-hmm. to be the former public protector of South Africa. So, public protector is like a government ombudsman. So, uh, and with um, public sector. So, if somebody has, if a public sector official or department is not doing their job properly or there's been corruption, then you can report to them as an individual and they investigate. And during mm-hmm. her time, she investigated the former president of South Africa. And in fact, those investigations wow. she had against him were some of, the, some of his undoings
1: <laughs> in mm. a way.
0: And it was very strange because she was a member of the ANC. She used to be a parliamentarian. So she, she was supposed to toe the party line, but she didn't. Yeah. She did what was right. And it came at mm. great personal cost to her but she now works in in my university so she's now a colleague and having met her there are very few people that well maybe not, I shouldn't say they're very few people but they're not a lot of people you meet and they are who they say they are mm-hmm. so she's she's a woman of integrity she's yes. who she says she is she doesn't you know she, she's an integrated woman she's an authentic yes. woman she yes. And at that time, it, it, it was so, I mean, she turned South, South Africa upside down, this black woman, you know, wow. who doesn't come from any kind of background just by being a person of integrity, just by doing her job and not necessarily doing what people wanted her to do, but by doing what she knew was the right thing to do. And yes. for me, that's the definition of, of an iconic person that you do, you act with integrity at all times. And this is, this is what Tuli did when she was in that office. Um, mm-hmm. So she's yeah she's a great inspiration to, to South Africa and I think to to the whole world really because she's been really um, acclaimed for it even though she was just a civil servant <laughs> do you understand yeah. in Africa but she did oh wow
1: <laughs> I love it you had the courage to do yeah. thank you yeah. so much for just an amazing hour. Uh, We have learned so much. We have been inspired. We have been awakened. We have been empowered. And we feel filled with joy. So thank you so much, Shakwa, for coming on with me. Uh, I look forward to continuing to watch your journey. And by the grace of God, when all of this sort of settles, you know, we've been talking about coming to South Africa. So I can already tell you guys in South Africa who one of our speakers is going to be. So thank you so much.
0: Thank
1: you, Shakwa. We will continue continue to chat offline, but for the rest of you, the podcast is now over and I'd encourage you to go back and listen to it over and over again and make sure you share it because this is really powerful. God bless you, Shakpa. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Akana. God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to subscribe and tell a friend. If you're listening to this show, it probably means you are ready to move from success into significance. Please visit us at iconicwomanhood.com and get a free gift to help you on your journey.